No, no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello, yes. Welcome back to, or welcome to, I should say, the 40-yard switch. That's going to be our new name moving forward. Uh, it's actually the second time we've changed podcast names. Initially, we were Woolby and Woodson's Football Fridays, which had a nice ring to it, but, you know, it doesn't sound very showy. Um, then we, in quote-unquote, uh, then we, uh, obviously, you, uh, you guys know us as On His Touch, uh, but then this week, when we finally moved to Spotify, we were trying to search for it, and um, I searched. You search up on his touch, and our thing doesn't come up. A podcast uh, called On His Touch about uh, local football in the Leicestershire area of England pops up. So we can't have that now, will we? Can we? No, we can't. No, we need to be the we need to be the top name when you search us. So I've I've done some research and searched up the forty yard switch, which is a name we we'd floated with before, and doesn't seem to be anyone else that owns this name. So yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what we are, and hopefully moving forward, this will be the name. It's a lot of football podcasts. <laughs> There's a lot of football <laughs> podcasts. Uh, anyway, uh, we were going to review the uh, Liverpool Manchester United game this weekend, but it didn't go ahead, Wilbur. Yeah, so there was obviously some big protests. Um, the basic idea of what happened, apparently, there was. Protests outside the the team hotel, the the Lowry Hotel in Manchester, and also protests outside Old Trafford um, before the game. I think it was at at least about three hours before the game was going to happen. Right. Um, And then they started the the protesters at Old Trafford started moving to um, down the what's called the Munich Tunnel. I don't know where that is, (laughs) but that's where it is. It's obviously a tunnel. That sort of um, apparently it's like an exit gate, so it's like a lot of fans would go out of it. Oh yeah, like big fans. When they leave, when they leave a game, apparently they all moved down towards that, and somehow the exit gate got opened from inside the ground. So whether it was um, some of the protesters jumping over the gate and then unlocking it, or whether it was a staff uh, member who did it, I saw a photo of them like sure. carry, carrying like red pieces of fence or gate or something. I think that was the temporary fencing a bit further oh, outside. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, United released a statement saying that it definitely wasn't a staff member. But, I mean, even if one of the protesters got over the fence, it would be hard to unlock it. Yeah, Not smells fishy to me. Yeah. And then, yeah, around 500 to 1,000 of them got through with the first breach. And then they left in about 20 minutes and then I th- apparently there was another breach with us with a smaller number of um, fans but yeah that's basically what happened and then the game obviously got abandoned yeah why do you think they abandoned it like first and foremost we'll touch on the protest in a sec but like it was it, like they got the fans out like there was still like two or two or so hours to the game we I, I think the the protests were getting apparently the protests got a little bit violent I was just watching um, a Sky Sports clip apparently a bottle and a flare was thrown at the the podium holding Graham Sounders, Roy Keane and Mika Richards. <laughs> <laughs> and Gra- Graham Sounders was uh, not very happy about it. Um, 
Oh, could they see it? On, like, were they doing pregame and they could see it unfolding? Yeah, they were doing pregame. Oh, that's pre-game, sick! Yeah. I had no idea about that. And Jamie and Jamie and uh, Gary were pitch side. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They must have had to get out of the way quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if Gary joined in. <laughs> <laughs> it would have, he, he was he was quite animated once again um, on that on that Sky coverage. But yeah, apparently Graham was sort of guessing at the fact that maybe. Um, the police hadn't sort of secured the protests outside the stadium because some police um, officers were also injured. Mm. Apparently one of them got hospitalised by getting a bottle thrown at them. But apparently he he was saying that maybe they couldn't secure the Liverpool buses uh, route into Manchester Uh, or into Old Trafford, so that's why they abandoned it. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, but... First time I've seen fans of this many. Like you see, like I saw earlier in like La Liga, one streaker somehow broke onto the pitch in the middle of these fanless COVID seasons. But this bit, this many people onto the pitch is a first for me. Like, yeah, for, for anyone. It's actually funny. The apparently <laughs> that guy slept underneath the yeah I remember. The, the like tarp. That's dedication. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. These like on one hand. You hate to see violence. Uh, we've talked about this before. On the other hand, though, I feel like this is the biggest message that has been sent by protesters so far. And getting the, getting a match postponed, which uh, you know the, the owners of these clubs would benefit off TV revenue and whatever, is 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 a pretty big statement, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Well, yeah. This this article I get here apparently that was their um that was their intention to sort of. Um, sort of damage the hip pockets by getting the, the, the game postponed. And yeah, I mean, there's always going to be one or two idiots who get carried away. Maybe that like have had a few beers b- before coming to this protest and do yeah. something stupid. But the majority of protesters, around a thousand of them, were on the ground for around 10 minutes and then walked off the ground and yeah. left. So Respectfully. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I think it, it is a big statement. Again, I'm not sure how much it's going to how much it's going to change in terms yeah. of the Glazers' relationship with the fan base. But. but I think this is like the big... I reckon this is the biggest statement, even if there were fans come allowed into games, this is the biggest statement fans could have made, like breaching onto the pitch yeah. to like, you know, really be like, hey, like, we're here, we're not going to go away type of thing. Like, it, it'll, time will tell whether or not they will you know the protests will subside or whatever but if they can keep this keep this energy (laughs) for uh, a sustained period then who knows yeah I suppose another thing that was pointed out by this one of the protests in this article um, was that I mean they're not going to keep up these sort of protests each week because it's obviously not really worth it if they're playing Burnley yeah. Turf more. This is something we were talking this is something we were talking about like it should only really be when a quote unquote big six club plays against another big six club. Yeah, exactly. Because that's where the owners will only only the owners that would be would going to join the Super League should be affected. Like you shouldn't damage the TV revenue that Burnley or Brighton would get. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that was interesting sorry as well that was they said apparently that there was some talks about getting Liverpool fans to come down and protest with them. That would have been that would have been, that would have been sick. That would have been a whole like, you know, we hate each other but let's yeah. set aside our differences. Yeah, I would have loved that. That would, that would be cool. Been, that would have been awesome. Anyway, uh, protests, good for the most part. We, we love to see it. Anyway, moving on to the, the, the biggest talking point of this week, which has been the Champions League semi-finals. Starting with the game yesterday between 
uh, PSG and City as City go through. Huge. Yeah. Quite convincingly in the end. Yeah. I think there was about, yeah, like, tw- like, like, I'm not sure when the first goal was, but maybe 20 minutes in, in which PSG looked, you know, likely to do something. And there was also a penalty given early in the game against Zinchenko. That was, like, that was a good VAR. use of VAR. Yeah. We ragged on VAR before, but that was a good use of VAR. Yeah. And yeah, Zinchenko was quite animated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a little 12 year old being like, no, 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 it couldn't have been me. He's intense. He's intense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then after that, City just started to dominate the ball. And then after the second goal, which was beautiful counter attack. Beautiful. Amazing. <laughs> um, PSG lost their heads a bit. Yeah, and like, uh, you can say that like they didn't have Mbappe, but like they had Mbappe in the first leg, and what did he do? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't really... Like it's, yes, it's an argument, but I feel like... I don't know if it would have been a different outcome. I feel like City were just better and slightly more up for it as well. Mm. They're, they're a better team. And, and they get, I, I think some talking about off-air is how the, the, the fact that they don't really rely on any one player. Like there's not one sort of star player with the exception of maybe De Bruyne that you point to and say like he is the, he is the absolute yeah best. he's the, the reason behind their success yeah, yeah exactly yeah. no definitely but um one thing uh that did come from this game that we've been dying to talk about and we've we've we've, we've made it pretty obvious that we love this guy on the show before but uh Phil Foden yeah what a player um I wouldn't say he didn't get win man of the match in either of the games but the fact that he's 20 playing at the level he's playing at and had the assist for the assist for the second goal and just just generally like just the way he plays with such poise and touch and ability at that level and games of this magnitude is just ridiculous yeah it's crazy yeah and he was so good yeah and one thing one little uh We've been known to make lukewarm takes before (laughs) on this podcast, but so we're going to make it slightly more warm than lukewarm, maybe, you know, getting towards hot, but not quite hot take that that some other people have made, but uh, we're going to make it is that Foden is either already in the company of Haaland or Mbappe or will very soon be in in the company of those two who are supposed to be the next Messi and Ronaldo caliber players. Yeah. 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 He's, he's def he's definitely in there. In their sort of level of quality, I would say. Yes. He's, he's a gun. And one thing I would say that like, I've, written, I've got it written down here is like, everyone harps on about like Haaland and Mbappe. Oh, they've got so many goals and assists. Haaland's got 20 goals in his first 18 Champions League games. And Mbappe, everyone knows how many goals he scores. And like, obviously, when you make this type of claim that Foden is as good as these guys at the same age, you'd be like, oh, but look at the goals and assists. Like, no way. And it's like... He doesn't. His impact isn't in that way. I feel like. Yeah. Like, like he impacts the the ball, the the, what, the play in such a different way in terms of like linking attack to defense and like there's there's so many city players that don't maybe not don't get the final assist but they get like the pass to the assist or like they draw in space or like a little layoff and I just feel like he like he like to the eye test as I've got written down here why he doesn't get the goals and assists to the like, to the eye test like when you watch him you can just tell he's yeah that good. Yeah, it's 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 something about that that city team because for something a bit later in the podcast, I, I was I was trying to write down their <laughs> their lineups and like and you look at it 
Okay, because sometimes on different broadcasts, they sort of show the lineups differently. I was trying to figure out what it was. But, like, all of the players, like, in basically City's front six kind of move around a bit and kind of do something similar. And, like, Foden does have that have that in his locker where he can play further forward like Mbappe and Haaland. But he can also drop a lot deeper and impact the play from from there so yeah, yeah. it's incredible yeah and just to, uh, and yeah like if any of you listen to our, our podcast and want to you know uh, chat to us about this take you know like let us know you know Harlan as good as Harlan and Mbappe Phil Foden that's the trio moving forward anyway uh, one thing I will say is that I think he I'm not, I'm not sure like I don't know if, no I don't know about his character if, if he's going to be like an England captain moving forward but he probably will be the best player in the England team for the next like in in about two or three years, once Harry Kane starts to de- to decline, yeah, or he reaches the peak of his powers, he will probably be the best player in the England team for ten years or so. A while too, because again, because he is that type of player that could drop deeper, he could he could be around for a very very yeah. long time. Um, so yeah, huge part of in, in the English national team future because we're going to do an episode soon where we'll uh, do our uh, Euro squads. So look out for that one. Uh, but also, yeah, needs to be a starter every game. Yeah, it doesn't matter who we're playing. Like. Has to be a starter, like yeah. has to be. He's yeah, he's he's definitely the the, the best, the, the best young English talent at the moment, mm. and he will be the best. But there is that's what I was, yeah, that's, and that's great because like he's the best, but there's also so many other good players like Grealish and Mountain. Mount was really Mount's impressive. Really yeah. Just just before, who's going to be the first one to win a Ballon d'Or out of Foden, Haaland, and Mbappe? I think if City can stay good. And Foden can get better and better and then add a few goals and assists to his game because like people care about that. It sucks that they do, but they they like people that make these awards care about that. Yeah. And if City can win statistics. Yeah. City can win trophies, then he's set up just as well as Mbappe is too, I feel like. But Mbappe might win it just because he sco- he, like, he 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 might soon take over the mantle as the best player at PSG, as Neymar gets a bit older, and he'll score all these goals. But I think it would depend on where Haaland goes. Because if Haaland goes to the Premier League and starts slaying the Premier League and winning trophies, then I'm not really giving much of an answer here. <laughs> um, uh, it's hard to say yeah, until Haaland just, goes somewhere, but I, I'm probably still going to go Mbappe just because people love goals and he scores loads of goals. Yeah, he's yeah. also a little bit older, yeah. so and he's sort of more in that prime of his career. Yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether whether he transfers away from PSG because I feel like if he does that, maybe he goes to Real Madrid or something. Yeah, and he just needs to leave the French league. league. The French league's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I also just think the Ballon d'Or. Like we'll, we'll chat about this. We'll chat about this another time. But the Ballon d'Or is just it's an annoying award. Yeah, like it, like players that get should get credit don't get credit a lot of the time. Anyway, uh, moving on to another thing that sort of irked me about the City um, win is that, I mean, take all these comments that fans make on social media with a grain of salt, but like, they're always like, oh, City bought their way to the top, oh, this, this win will mean nothing because they invested all this money into their team, and like, this is something that really bothers me and you because, like, that's just a stupid argument. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well one of them's like, nothing but hard hard work, determination, and billions of dollars. <laughs> but it's like, literally, 
every every big European club has billions of dollars behind it. Yes, it's like this is this is an amazing team with amazing players that are doing incredible things that are just coached like phenomenally. Yeah. Like it's just like yeah, like like you say, like the, the the four teams that are in the semi-finals all spend huge money, and like probably the the top four teams of the top five leagues all probably maybe maybe not the German league but like they all spend stupid money yeah like it's just like the, the, the it's a moot point and one thing I uh, did when I was doing a bit of research was that like all these owners have billions of dollars and probably invest billions of dollars but and like Chelsea and City invest um, invest more they are City and Chelsea are the first and second respectively most uh, have the most owner financing since uh, 2010 uh, and like so obviously City spend the most on, on, on their squad and Chelsea spend the second most and that's not an indictment on the teams to be like oh they don't they you know buy their way to the top it just means that their owners care more about winning yeah exactly than, like, taking money off the club yeah, and it's interesting that it's not the the American owned club. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but the the way like I've I've always sort of you know respected the way that that Chelsea is run. Like it's ruthless, but like it is just like they've been just incredibly successful since Abramovich. If it's not working, you get rid of him. Like you bring An- Antonio Conte in, he wins straight away, and then he start he stops winning, you get rid of him, and there's just that over and over again. Even with the Kepa situation, it's like this isn't working out. We're just going to get a better keeper in Mendy. Yeah. So yeah, and and what's it? What's what city you're doing as well in terms of that like global branding thing with the sort of outposts in New um, York and Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. it's re- it's really cool, and it's like it shows that they care about the football side of things. Yeah, and like it's like yeah, it's 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 results driven. It's like can we win leagues? And like I know City hasn't won a Champions League yet, but like they've been building to that for years. And while they've been building to it, they've won three of the past. Or they're about to have won four of the past five leagues. Yeah. Like they won three in a row, then Liverpool won, and they're about to win another one. Like it's just ridiculous. Just utter dominance. Yeah. Like, and I just I think that like, not to get like stereotypical, but like the way Abramovich runs a club could be considered like you say like that sort of ruthless like Russian like you know efficiency. Yeah. Um, and then like you know. Uh, Americans just being very stingy with their money and like you know a bit, bit kind of like shady and and like you know like siphoning money off the club and like not really wanting to ever invest and not really caring about what the, about their investment they just want to see their financial profit. Whereas there's much more like I wouldn't say human side, but there's much more like a football fan side to the owners of City and Chelsea. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They just seem to care about the club more. Yeah. And yeah, this idea of like a leverage takeover of the Glazers, I'd, I didn't even know about it until about five minutes ago. <laughs> but like, yeah, it just sounds ridiculous and just like a horrible, horrible way to, yeah. to run a club. And just speaks volumes about how much they care about it. Yeah. But uh, moving on to uh, from City to Chelsea, and that is Chelsea this morning won their game uh, 2-0 against Real Madrid, which is 3-0-3 on aggregate, and thoroughly outplayed them. Yeah, they killed it. They, yeah, they, they could have had a couple more goals at least, especially in the second half. They were just running over Real Madrid, basically. Yeah. And um, how do you think... I think you've... you've done a bit more research on this than I have how do you think that City and Chelsea are gonna go against each other in the final <laughs> it's a good question <laughs> I think I think 
City are going to completely dominate the ball. I, I suppose, yeah, earlier today I went back and watched the, uh, the the FA Cup game in which Chelsea won 1-0. And the the lineups were very different to how they lined up basically in the, in the Champions League semifinals. But there, there was a bit more of a share of possession, basically. Um, and City didn't really create that much. But I feel like when City have their full team in, they're just going to completely dominate the ball. Yeah. But I think that will kind of suit Chelsea to hit them on the counter because that's... Real Madrid dominated the ball this morning and they just kept on hitting him on the counter yeah. and just getting those those opportunities. So, Do you think that like that FA Cup game is a good representation of how the game is going to... How the game is going to go? Sorry, big pardon. Uh, it's how the game is going to go in the Champions League final or not at all? It's going to be a completely different game. I reckon it's going to be completely different. Yeah. yeah. I think mainly... And like, yeah, I, I wrote all the, the lineups down. <laughs> but mainly because the City side was so different. Like they had Torres, Sterling um, changed. Oh, yes. St- Sterling, Jesus and Torres up front. Whereas um, against PSG, Foden, De Bruyne, Mares, And then Rodri for Gundogan and Bernardo for um, someone else. But yeah, it's, I, I just think they're going to dominate the ball yeah. way more. And also, like in that uh, in the lineups, they like against Chelsea in the FA Cup, they played like a, uh, a two defensive midfielder, yeah, base. And whereas they play a one defensive midfielder pivot and sort of just have five, yeah, fluidly attacking. And they and they played with the, with a striker in in the FA Cup, yeah, hey, which probably ruins was... that fluidity a little bit because it's more like target man as opposed to players just kind of you know, yeah. And as and I think you know th- those that front three of Foden. Um, Mares and whoever else it is going up against those three big Chelsea centre backs, it'll be harder for them than defending just one striker. Yeah, because how do you how do you think Chelsea, Chelsea you reckon set, sets up three at the back against City? Yeah, that that seems to be what what they do now. Yeah, yeah. with the with the wing backs, Jorginho and Kante, and then they kind of seem to have a bit of a fluid front three thing going on now as well. With does Werner play through the middle for that? Habits played down through the middle. Oh, really? Morning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is very similar. But like, it's like it's, false nine, sort of. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, because City don't really do a false nine. It's just sort of like whoever's like yeah. like that. You, you have Mara's mainly stick to the right, but like it's kind of whoever's wherever, really. Yeah. I like it as well because I think Werner v- v- works a lot better not as a centre forward. Yeah. And either on the wing or you know just being a bit more fluid yeah because with that pace yeah and like also like it's less pressure on him to with this especially with his finishing uh, yeah. troubles to like do that type of um, role yeah but uh, I, th- I feel like with City and Chelsea like you're right that I feel like it'll be a very different game and that uh, Ch- City will dominate the ball and like their fluidness might trouble those centre-backs but I also feel like um, another reason why I think C- City like it'll be close, closer than either of their games were against their respective semi-final opponents. But I think City's backline as well is something that's been under like talked about, but like has improved so much this season. And not only is it good, it's really fast. Yeah. Like Zinchenko is no slouch. Diaz and Stones are not not that slow either. And Walker is lightning. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like against like the pacey counterattack of um, Chelsea, I feel like that's. It'd be less effective. Yeah, less effective. Yeah. Like, as against, like, going up against Ramos and... Who else did they have? Ede Militao. Militao, yeah. Whoever the yeah. else they had it. <laughs> so Militao. 
I don't get that. This is another thing I see a lot on social media. Like, I'm just going to briefly go away from what we're talking about. But everyone seems to think that Ramos is still, like, in the top three centre-backs in the world. He's yeah. just not. Yeah. Like, I, no I way. So. He hasn't been for two years. Yeah. No way. I think he has been injured a lot recently. One of his first games back was that second leg. But, but yeah. But just in general, like, like last year it was Van Dyke. This year it's, like, probably Diaz. I can't believe Diaz is 23 years I old. I know, right? <laughs> oh my God. So, so, was, so Stones is the, the, the older The commentator the said that and I was like, no. <laughs> I searched it. He was born in 1997. Oh, Jesus. God, that makes me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Stones was like the sort of younger... How about he's 24 now? 25? He's older than 23. Right. That's, uh, that's all I know. That's crazy. But yeah, because like, Carl Walker is the oldest player in that back line. You wouldn't even consider Carl Walker like that old. Even though yeah. he's probably like 28. But... He was old, but it kind of doesn't because he's quick. He's so quick. You're not, you don't yeah. think of him as that old defender. But yeah, um, that this sort of brings us to uh, the fact that they're playing this weekend, Wilbur. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, do do we think this will be like like you said before, off air, somewhat of a dress rehearsal, or will they both be kind of caged and not want to give it, want, wanting to give away too much, or will it just be? Let's go for it, and we'll play again in a few weeks. I think I think Pep won't want to give away too much, and I also think that they're in very different situations in terms of what they want to do in the league at this yeah. point. Chelsea, because like if, if Chelsea doesn't make top four and they don't win the Champions League, they're kind of in the shit a little bit. Yeah. So they need to win this one. Really it might be nice for them. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think if they win it, then they win the league. Yeah, I think so. I think, but I still think it might depend on United's results because it depends because they might have won the league. Anyway, yeah, I think if they win this one extra game, then it still doesn't matter. Yeah, true. Yeah. true. But yeah, regardless, regardless, the league is like ninety six percent a lock for them at the yeah. moment. Yeah, so I think it could again be an understrength uh, City side, which is basically what they fielded um, in the FA Cup, even though it's not really that weak at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it could be. Chelsea winning there but I just it's hard to see City losing in the in the Champions League final yeah like, like we'll, we'll have a another estimate like closer to it yeah but um, firstly for the game this week and secondly for the Champions League final what are your sort of predictions okay <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon one all this weekend <laughs> and then God, it's so hard to say. <laughs> you can factor in extra time for your Champions League prediction. Yeah. If it goes that way. 4-5 on penalties. 4-5 on penalties. Let me make the prediction closer to the to the time. But, yeah. I, but I reckon Chelsea... I mean, sorry, City win the, the Champions League final. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. I reckon, this week, I reckon this week, I actually kind of agree with you. I reckon... City will want to win the league and Chelsea will be desperate to um, stay in the top four. But I also think the players that Pep will rotate will want to make up for losing last time in the FA Cup. Yeah, So they'll have a bit more about them. And I, I, I still think they'll sort of cancel out. I reckon it will be a draw. I'm going probably like one all or two all. Probably similar to you. Yeah, I suppose that's another thing, hey, because if they, if they are rotation players, they're going to be wanting to make a case to play in uh, yeah. is it Istanbul yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah, yeah very interesting uh, another thing we're going to touch on uh, I guess 
next week would be the potential Europa League final. But um, obviously, United's going through. Yeah, I just I just want to briefly talk about Arsenal before before we sign off. But um, <laughs> Arsenal playing tomorrow morning against Villarreal, we're down two one. Uh, but we're gonna have Aubameyang back leading the line from the start. Hopefully, we should have Kieran Tierney back at left back. Do you, do you give us a fighting chance? Yeah, I, I reckon you can do it. I reckon you can do it for sure. Yeah, I'm 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 yeah I'm 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 gonna I'm, I'm gonna be going for you guys. I I, I saw Aubameyang came out and said this is the biggest game of his Arsenal career. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, he's not wrong. Yeah, you're right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final the the final against. I'm not sure if he played or not the final against Chelsea and Baku two years ago, but I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, true. I mean, I would argue that's bigger. But yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you give yourself a fighting chance tomorrow? Honestly, <laughs> with I think Lacazette's back in full training, so he can come off the bench, hopefully. Big pardon again, God. Um, and Aubameyang hopefully should start. And if Kieran Tini starts, that is huge. Like, can't be understated how, much, how, how huge that is, especially seeing as... We got burned a lot down the right wing against Villarreal. Yeah, like their right wing and their right and their right back attacked Ceballos and Chaka down that side. Uh, so yeah, I think if we can and Erdegaard's fit and we have Smith Rowe, Saka, Tierney, Shaka uh, party in the middle, Aubameyang up top. I, I I really do. Like obviously, if we concede a goal, it's it's really tough. Yeah. But if if we get a goal early. Uh, and make it make it level on on the tie and we're up by uh, away goals. Then if if they score, it's like the same. And then it's it, it just like yeah, it's just like, we need an early goal basically. We need we need to score before they do, or else it's going to be a mountain to climb. Yeah, but I do give us a fighting chance. But yeah, you, you you have shown that you can be super solid at the back and kind of lock it down. But I mean, he didn't show it last week. No, he didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like we, we've had an unbalanced team since Tini went out with Shaka at left back. And without a proper striker for it, like really for it, like, like Arteta playing false nine was mind boggling in the first leg, but he doesn't have to do that now. Yeah. So yeah, I give us a fighting chance and I, yeah, like. And I, your form does seem to kind of bounce around as well. Yeah. So maybe you'll I, I just, come out I need it. I need, need the boys to show up. I, I need it. <laughs> do you think you can beat United in the final if you get it through? I think we can we can show up for, if we show up for it. Yeah, yeah. it's just one game. So it's it's it, 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 it's one game. We've already beaten United once this season, like in the Premier League. So who knows? Yeah, but like I mean, they could definitely beat us too. I don't think they're gonna blow it. They would they wouldn't blow out us like they blew out Roma. Yeah, if we did play them. No, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, we'd definitely be the underdogs in that game for yeah. sure. Anyway, that'll wrap, that'll wrap us up for this week. Uh, next week. Tune in for potentially Euro squads, but potentially something else. You know, we never know. We'll keep you on your toes. That's it. But yeah, uh, the 40 yard switch, that's our name. Don't wear it out, or do wear it out as you try and tell everyone. Uh, be sure to follow us on Spotify, uh, leave a like, uh, send us some nice messages or some, some constructive criticism. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys. <laughs>